Have you heard about this videotape that kills you when you watch it? What a note say, Dan. Cat dead. Details later. See, the police are always off track with this shit. If they'd watch prom night, they'd save time. There's a formula to it. A very simple formula. Everybody's a suspect. What's up, guys and gals? Welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks podcast. I'm your host, Trashmouth, and this week, my guest is the one and only Travis Bennington, guitar player for the band Eternal Sleep. Now, before we get into this week's interview, I just want to remind you guys that I'll be at Scares That Care weekend with my dudes over at Toxic Coffin, July 30th through August 1st up in Williamsburg, Virginia. So if you're in the area or a few hours out and you want to make the trip, make sure you stop by our table and say what's up. There's a ton of awesome special guests that are going to be there, like Tom Atkins, Mark Patton, Felissa Rose, Diane Franklin, and a ton more. So make sure you come out and say what's up. And also don't forget that you can go sign up for the Patreon for $2 a month if you want to show your support. Uh, The link for that will be in the description. Go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also, uh, if you're an Apple user, make sure you leave a review because it'd be highly appreciated. Thank you so much for listening, and here's this week's interview. Thank you for coming on the show, man. I'm glad we finally got to knock this out. Yeah, dude. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Now, we don't have to linger on this stuff too much before we jump into the horror movies, but uh, if you don't mind, just... Tell me a little bit about, you know, if uh, you and the guys in Eternal Sleep are talking about doing any type of touring or anything now that the world's opening back up or maybe even talking about an album or anything. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy, man. We Mm. recorded a record in the fall of 2019. Oh, shit. It was scheduled to be released in 2020 and then 2020 got fucked, man. And we're the type of band that we have to tour. You know, like it doesn't make sense for us to just like put out music because we have we're a niche band, you know. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, we sat on it. We chose to just like kind of sit on this record. And that was a hard thing to do because we saw a lot of our peers and especially a lot of other bands on Closed Casket, like releasing music and having it do really well. Yeah. And we're like, shit, you know, like, did we screw the pooch here? But I, I think us waiting was the best call. So there is a record that's just done and i believe it's it's sent away to press or whatever i mean we've submitted all the artwork and it's just kind of lingering out in the fucking universe somewhere yeah and uh right now we're hoping to have it out in the beginning of next year you know like in the winter time or something Mm -hmm. and uh we've started looking at shows for january of what 2022 yeah you know because i you know uh, me and a couple of the other guys we all work in the music industry whether it's like promoter reps and stagehands and that type of shit mm-hmm. so for us we kind of look at it from like that standpoint of like what feels right and feels comfortable and a lot of bands are like rushing out like as soon as they can and and capitalizing on like people's enthusiasm yeah and so again it was just like a hard decision to not like want to hit the ground running this summer and just go out and tour but since we waited on the record, it doesn't make sense for us to go on tour just for the sake of touring. So we're just trying to coincide a release and then subsequent touring based on that, you know? Yeah. And the one good thing is, uh, like you said, it kind of sucked to watch everybody on Closed Casket release stuff. But it also made the label not being like, hey, where's the, you know, we kind of need a record to release because yeah. there's so much out there to release, I guess. Right. Well, and I think, too, it's really cool how Justin works, mm-hmm. you know, like 
since day one, we've had a good relationship with him. Because his whole thing was like, I want to be bros first. Like, I don't want to work with dudes just to work with dudes or just to like put out records. Yeah. So, you know, all the bands end up being pretty close knit. And it's like, we can go out and tour with people on closed casket. And we just know it's always, we all get along because we're all like the same type of dudes. Oh, yeah. Justin just has always kind of just let us do whatever we want. So we actually, when we wrote this record, we, it took us a long time. It took like three years to write it because mm-hmm. we were touring pretty heavily on the last record. And then when we wound down, like life happened, you yeah. know, a singer does another band and then was like working on some stuff on his own. And I got married and was just doing that shit. Oh yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. And so like our, and our drummer, he like moved to like Indiana state with his girl. Okay. And, and so like every, everything was kind of in upset. So I was just like writing this record alone in our basement and, uh, it took me fucking forever, dude. Yeah. Because, like, I'm, I'm not even a good guitar player, let alone a good songwriter, you know? And so when we finally hit up Justin and said, hey, we're ready to go record, he was just like, okay. Mm-hmm. And he hadn't heard, like, any of it, you know? Like, we sent him, like, maybe four tr- demos early on, like, while we were still touring on the last record that we had started writing. And those songs either got scrapped or totally rewritten. And so he hadn't heard the record yeah. as, as it's going to exist. And he just was like, yeah, totally. Just go do whatever you want to do. Like book the time. I'll take care of it. Hell yeah. So, you know, it's such a cool thing. And I, like you said, I think that him putting out all these cool records and having all this stuff to put out, it just kept his wheels rolling. And it allows us to just kind of like swoop in and like do whatever we want and release a record when it makes sense for us. Yeah. And, and have it be cool, you know, have him be like as behind that as he is anything else he does oh yeah it sounds like uh he's kind of like the a24 of uh hardcore for like earlier for horror movies absolutely absolutely you know and and it's cool i think that's a unique thing you know Mm. i don't know there's always the horror stories about major labels and that type of thing yeah it's never appealed to me i i i really struggle with like and and even with my taste with horror movies i struggle with things that are just like so anti-social that they're like unwatchable or unlistenable yeah. Well, then it's just like so bubbly and pop that it's just like it you know it's kitschy and fucking everybody loves it and it's oh, like yeah. kind of overplayed and it's the same with with music stuff you know and so when it came like even when we were shopping the last record to labels and trying to figure out what we were going to do it was easy with him like to have a conversation just go oh this makes sense because yeah. he's gonna he's just gonna let us control whatever we want to do i think the only thing he was like weighed in about was he was just like don't press pink vinyl <laughs> and like because he was just like it just doesn't make sense for your band yeah you know? he was just like like on, on your first release it doesn't make sense to just like go out and do like a pink record yeah you know? like all right you know which we had we weren't planning on doing anyway so like who cares yeah. it's so. like it's october man breast cancer awareness <laughs> no i'm just kidding i do it i mean i i'm not kidding but you know even with horror movies it's like i i i just kind of deep dive everything yeah so i'm like kind of like that with music and like records and i i fucking collect all this shit and i just digest it like a sponge so it's like every cool idea i see i'm like how can i make that cooler so you know i've seen pink vinyl and it it's cool but it's like a one trick pony it's like you know somebody puts out a pink record it's just a pink record how can you make that cooler yeah so so i have no interest in doing a pink record Maybe the other guys do. I don't know. I know exactly what you mean. But uh, and real quick, just to comment on what you were saying about like uh, writing the record alone and stuff and it taking a couple of years. It's like that's one thing that uh, I feel like it stretches it when you write it by yourself sometimes because you you don't really have 
like, cause you always, of course, I'm sure you send stuff to your bandmates to be like, Hey, check this stuff out. Let me know what you think. But there's always going to be that time before you send it to them where you're like, hold on, let me fix it again. Okay. Let me fix it again. Let me change it yeah. again. And it's like, so I definitely feel on that. Cause I used to write from uh, my band pretty much towards the end. I just started doing it all solo on guitar pro yeah. with my guitar and stuff. So. And that's the thing too, is like, I'm really bad at technology. Yeah. I just, I don't have the attention span for it. Like, even like when I, like, I love, guitar pedals and like all that kind of stuff but every time i get one i just like turn everything all the way up and then like work backwards like i don't read the manual and go like oh this does this thing i just find a sound that i like mm. and now that's just like what that pedal does for me so i'll buy like four or five of the same thing and then swap them out just like here's the sound on this one here's the sound on this one and so in the digital realm of recording it's like i just don't understand it and I know that it's just like limitless possibility, but it's just like, I don't want to have to like learn a computer program and shit. So it's like, I got set up during writing this record to like do exactly what you said, like record something on my computer and send it to whoever, have yeah. them like put their parts on it and like adjust it, whatever. And then I ended up still just using like the voice memo thing on my phone because like, I'm a guy that like, I just go play really loud through an amp and I just hit record. And then I, dissect pieces later and i find something that i thought was cool and go oh that idea was cool so everything else has to go yeah i mean i could do that on a computer i just i just don't i'm bad at that and i mean like the guys you know they were they had a lot of input it's not like i was like on an island oh yeah i know what you mean you know <laughs> but it's still just like it was just it was i had like a vision you know i just was like hey we're gonna do this and they were like okay have fun you know oh, like, yeah you don't do it so now that's always awesome when they support it though instead of they're like hold on what's the vision you know what i mean like well yeah i mean there was a little bit of that i mean yeah. I think with any band when especially when you get caught up in like touring and having like people actually like buy your record and pay attention to you and like come to see you play a show and we got to a point where we like we were touring with cool bands you know it's like we were touring with bands like harm's way and code orange and knock loose and every time i die and these are like bands that we like yeah and it's like okay cool we're kind of like getting out of just like playing somebody's graduation party or something which happened to us on a tour one time like a promoter actually booked us at like some kids like graduation party and we like played in a gazebo for his like grandparents it was oh, shit. But, like, it's not surprising though <laughs> dude it, i mean that shit happens yeah and so we just kind of like we started graduating away from that. And so then it's easy to settle into just wanting to duplicate something. And it's the same thing with like horror movies, any movie, really, you start seeing it in the sequels where it's just like, oh, you know, it's like Halloween because they were going to do different movies every time. But then like Halloween three was such a turd that like they were like, no, let's just bring Michael Myers back. and We're just going to go back to the formula that works. So it was hard for us to not just keep doing the same thing. Yeah. And I just was like, no, we got to. I have this idea. And so there was a little resistance early on, but I don't know, everybody in the band is just so chill and we have such diverse interests like across the board that they were just like, Hey, like if it's good, it's good. That's yeah. kind of the, the thing. It's like, we're not like, Oh, this is like the perfect hardcore song. This is the perfect metal song or whatever. It's if it's, if it's cool and we like it, it stays. And if it's not, then it goes. So yeah. just some of this stuff, it took me, three years just to convince them that like the riff I had been telling them since day one was cool actually was cool you know and there was like I think the last song we wrote for the record was a riff I wrote five years ago yeah. and they telling me for five years now that doesn't work doesn't work I finally made it work and they were just like that's that's the song you know I was like cool 
Hell yeah. No, that's awesome. And uh, that's actually a perfect segue into horror movies because I'm going to use it to defend uh, Halloween 3. I like, love Halloween 3. You don't have to defend it to me. I love okay. it. <laughs> you got it a turn. So I was like, ah, this man hates Halloween 3. <laughs> nah, man. Because here's the thing. People didn't like it. Yeah, no, I know what you mean, though. Like, there's a crowd, like, uh, critics and everybody, like, back then called it a turd pretty much. <laughs> it was vastly more interesting to me. You know, like, I remember, like, watching the first two movies, and they're great. And, like, it, they're, they're scary, and it, it's cool. But then, like, three was, like, really unique, and I thought it was, like, really cool at the time. And then everybody hated it. And I'm just like, yo, what is more terrifying than Halloween masks that are, like, possessing people? Yeah. You know, like that's because now it's getting everybody. It's not just like Michael Myers after a singular person for 10 movies. You know, it's everybody's in on this. It's like, yeah. that's that's scarier to me. You know, so I loved Halloween three. So I'm with you. There's no defense. <laughs> needed. Hell yeah. And that is one of those things that's like, of course, like Michael Myers, you know, now throughout time has become kind of like uh, his name kind of coincides with the holiday of Halloween. But when you think about, like you said, the like the mask of them, you know, like that being part of like the villains, you know, plot and everything and like the actual night of Halloween, them having to watch the special, it kind of lends into the whole like, uh, I don't know, like it just makes that movie feel more Halloween than any of the other Halloween movies, because the rest of them, like you can replace with Friday the 13th. It's still just a slasher. You know, it's in camp. You know, the only difference is it takes place on Halloween on, yes. in the first movie, of course. Right. And, and that's exactly it. I mean, and then they really came off the rails in like, I think it was four and five that had like the little girl, the yeah. mute girl, dude. She goes mute. And that's the thing is that in four, she's not mute. And then in five, she just goes mute. That's why the five is such a piece of shit. I hate five. I'll be five, honest. I hate five too. Yeah. It's like, I, dude, I can't stand it. And people try to defend it to me. And I'm just like, no, you don't like three, but you like that piece of shit. Yeah. You know, but like you said, it's like, they just like now they just created their version of the slasher formula yeah it's like same as fucking friday the 13th same as you know nightmare on elm street same as any of it yeah which how do you feel about the rob zombie versions though i uh, actually really enjoy the first one but i don't care at all really for the second one just because that, I, I didn't like all the, like the flashbacks and the white horse stuff that came in in the second uh, one that's that's how i felt too but also i just i don't know man i don't love his movies really that's, it's a hot take. I know that people like really like him. My wife really likes him. Yeah. Um, and she's really big into horror stuff. But oh, yeah. I just dude, the he's always a swing and a miss for me. Mm -hmm. Like even House of a Thousand Corpses, I was just like, you ripped off three quarters of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. And had like this weird bizarro ending that kind of doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely <clears throat> I definitely feel you on that. And I feel like he's uh while he is beloved, I feel like it, at this point, it seems like he's almost 50-50 with the horror fans. It's like you have some that really love him, and then you have like just as many that almost just don't like his films. But And it might almost come from me seeing his films when I was like younger, because like when I was watching horror growing up, because um, I think when his first movie came out was 2003, so I was 11. So I was yeah. like, uh, you know, I was watching horror, but I was just getting into it. So I was watching what was new and like nobody really around me was in a horror to show me the old stuff. So I didn't see Texas Chainsaw. So probably after I saw House of a Thousand Corpses. So like now I can watch the movies and definitely see, oh, he ripped that movie off 100 percent. But because I guess I watched it first with the lint, you know, without that, you know, thought it like already picked up the nostalgia feel for me and like I already grew to like it before that, before I saw that. So I, I wonder if uh, I wonder if I actually had seen 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre first, if that might have changed my opinion, going, you know, like, because right, it seems like it's, of course, people that obviously just love him for his music automatically just, you know, say they love his movies. And then you have people that are just, you know, like me that are younger and might not have seen those movies that know that it was pretty much just ripped off. Yeah. Well, I think too, the thing I really like about him is like, even like, like you said, his movies are kind of 50 50. They're just he is, as across the board is 50 50. Yeah. Same with his albums too. I do. Yeah. I do like his movies enough. Like I'm not burying the guy or yeah. what he's done. I think the more important thing with what he's done is he kind of brought horror into like a mainstream realm. You know, you have like, cause it was there at one point, it was like a big deal and then it fell off. Yeah. And he kind of, his love for it created like, like yourself, you know, a whole new generation of people yeah. that are finding it through that. So it's like anything it's like with music or any of that stuff, you find your version of like something old. It's like, there's like a million bands that sound like the Cro-Mags now yeah. or something like that. But you, and you eventually you work back to the Cro-Mags, you work back to the bad brains or whatever. And then you have more of a perspective, but you, a lot of people wouldn't get there just like out of the gate. And it's the same thing with, with movies. So that's one thing I do like is like, he brought it to people who maybe wouldn't have found that stuff if it wasn't for those movies. And yeah. same like when Quentin Tarantino did like the like death proof movies and stuff. Yeah. Like that was a cool thing that like I saw that resurgence happen where I got excited about horror movies again. And I'm somebody that has like I've liked horror since I was a little kid, you know, but it got me excited for like, oh, here's this version of something I loved when I was a kid, modern. Yeah. You know, so so I like that. I like that about what he does. Now, Tarantino is actually good for doing that with a bunch of genres. I feel like yeah. when he did, uh, like, for instance, when he did Django, people were starting to watch Westerns again. And then, you yeah. know, same thing with, um, oh, uh, Kill Bill. That's it. When he did yeah. Kill Bill, people were all of a sudden back into Kung Fu movies and shit. You know what I mean? It was like, right. so uh, I know exactly what you mean. It's the same thing with, uh, uh, you know, Rob, like you said, Rob Zombie did it kind of with horror. It was almost like these people that, you know, might not have really cared as much. You know, they were into the macabre and shit, but it's like, there were so many people that would wear all black and not watch horror back then just because it's like that's the music you yes. know setting it's like no. those people started to actually like turn into horror fans and stuff like that due to just rob zombie putting out a horror movie no matter how good it was or shitty it was so. exactly you know yeah. and, but you got to think too you know a lot of the people listening to his music are were starting to get to an age where they're having children yeah so like and like any kid it's like you kind of rebel against what your parents like but then he puts out a horror movie and the parents are really excited and they take their kid to see this horror movie because they love white zombie or they love Rob zombie. Yeah. They get in their dragula and they head on down to the theater and fucking the kid sees this horror movie and goes, Oh wow. And now he's hooked, you know, now he's like watching trancers or something. And he's just like, you know, deep diving, whatever yeah. get his hands on. So it's, it's a cool thing. You know, yeah. I, and, and so I try not to shit on it, you know, and I like a lot of modern horror movies, you know, yeah. a lot of, you know, it's like anything. People can be purists. I'm not one of those people. I'm not smart enough. You know, I don't know every actor and actress or director, or like composer of the things I like. I just yeah. like what I like, you know. No, I know exactly what you mean. And uh, speaking of like finding, you know, like how you find horror and deep diving and stuff like that. Usually my first question when it comes to horror or, you know, of course, I had to defend Halloween three. Well, I thought I had to defend Halloween three. Luckily, well, I didn't. But yeah. uh, uh, so my first question usually is, you know, how did you get into uh, horror growing up? You know, what was your relationship with it? And, you know, has it changed now that you're older? I have cool ass parents, dude. 
that's yeah. really that's how it started my parents when they had me they were young for the time you know they're not like weren't like 15 or something but they were like 19 mm. in the 80s so they were listening to cool music and watching cool movies you know they were just into that culture at the time Hell so yeah. my brothers and i we just grew up around cool stuff you know like i remember like my mom gave me a, like a suicidal tendencies cassette Hell yeah! I was just like it was like that and like the violent femmes which are polar opposites but it's just like hey here's punk music you know yeah and very was, not out there in the public music though you, you know like violent femmes had the one song but you know other than that you had to like really go looking for them yes and so you know it was the same with movies and i remember my dad liked a lot of the sci-fi horror stuff mm. so like uh what is it like uh tim thomerson was in those movies trancers where oh, I was, yeah. and there's like five of them my dad would like rent them from the local video store and i'd be like watching trancers and to me it was cool because like the costumes were cool like i remember i didn't really care for the first two but like in three the character finhead showed up and he had like this like shark's fin in his fucking head oh yeah like this is sick to me and i remember he like rented toxic avenger and some of the trauma stuff and you know, because my dad was listening to Guar and like seeing Guar in like the, you know, early 90s and stuff. So right. that kind of like crossed over there. Whereas like my mom was, I think, more conventional about her tastes in horror movies. So she got me into like all the, um, what, what was it? Fucking, uh, cannot think of his name right now. But it was like Rear Window, like Birds. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hitchcock. Yes. Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. And uh, and and stuff like that. And there was like a Saturday night horror movie on like a local channel thing. Mm. And so every Saturday night, that was like our bonding thing with our mom. It's like my dad would be out like playing gigs or whatever he was doing and like traveling for work. And my mom would would sit and let us stay up late on Saturday nights and watch these horror movies or she would go to the library and rent these horror movies. So yeah. we're watching like black and white movies and we're watching this stuff. And I actually, I saw that you posted about Motel Hell. Yeah. And I have like a crazy relationship with that because I was, I think, 15 and it was a Saturday night. I was watching horror movies with my mom and she like went to bed and halfway through that movie, she was kind of like, ah, it's not doing anything for me. Yeah. And the scene where he comes out wearing the fucking pig's head <laughs> and he's like running that chainsaw and it was insane. I went and I woke her up. And was like, you have to see this, like the craziest thing. And I, dude, I probably wasn't even 15. I was probably like 12 or 13. Or yeah. But then nobody else knows anything about that movie. I went through most of my life being like, dude, this movie, Motel Hell, it's crazy. And that was like a movie when I started dating my wife. I was like, dude, you got to see Motel Hell. Yeah. But it came out of that time in my life where I just grew up watching that kind of stuff with my parents. Mm. And I, you know what? I know the, the first movie that ever really scared the shit out of me was that movie Dead Heat with uh, Joe Piscopo. Yeah. Sweet Williams or whatever. The zombie cops pretty much. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I remember I watched it with my dad and was totally fine. But then like I went to bed and it like my brain worked on it. And I just was like, oh, fuck that movie. And it and I couldn't sleep. And it was like the night before I was supposed to start like, I don't know, like third grade or some shit. And yeah. I was like fucking terrified. Couldn't sleep. I was up all night. Every shadow was like, it's a monster fucking coming to get me. It's Joe Piscopo, you know? <laughs> uh, but yeah. And then that led into 
it's just a lifetime of loving those types of movies and just kind of like seeking them out. And even now it's like, like I said, my wife is super into that. So it's like when we started dating, it was like, okay, let's compare notes. And yeah. there was like a lot of stuff that she's like, um, you got to see this movie, like Ichi the Killer. And I was just like, okay. And then I watched it. I'm like, well, it's not really a horror movie, but it's a very cool movie. Yeah. Like, me. And then I'm like, well, you got to watch August Underground. And I give her the whole background of this movie. And then we watch it. And she's just like, the fuck did I just watch? Like, that's horrible. Like, then I'm like, yeah. oh. So, you know, and we, even still, it's like we just, uh, we watch horror movies almost every night. Oh, you yeah. Know? Like, we like horror shows. And I try to keep up on stuff that's coming out. It's kind of difficult because there's, I think horror has kind of grown into this thing that every production company is trying to make the best, like, B horror film. Yeah. And so, like, they're just pumping them out left and right. And I feel like every time I get caught up, there's just like a hundred more. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, like, I can't, I can't keep up, you know? Yeah. But you got Bloomhouse, like, that does, uh, they do like series, which are pretty much <laughs> movies on Amazon and on Hulu. And they have about like 15 on each. And it's like, how the fuck am I supposed to watch all those? Like, there's some gems in there, but I can't spend time watching them all. Exactly. You know, and I tried, you know, like, I, like, I follow you, I follow like, some of the other uh like horror instagrams and facebooks and stuff like that yeah i like to see what other people are watching you know and that's kind of my way of finding kind of cherry picking so yeah. to speak, instead of just trying to plow through everything but even then it's like in one day like you'll post something and then like four other people i follow will be like check these movies out i'm like all right you know that's like yeah. that's my night i'm gonna go home and watch six movies and then, you know, sometimes I'm just like, all right, I got to watch fucking, I've been watching that show Sweet Tooth. That's been like my guilty pleasure. I like killed it in like two days. Oh yeah. So sometimes I just, I need a break, but. That's that DC show, right? Cause I've been thinking about watching that with the hybrid people. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I've been wanting to watch that, but uh, I just haven't, you know, I've, I've been meaning to watch that Loki started and then I've been wanting to watch that series Invincible as well. It's just finding yeah. time pretty much. So I just finally watched Conjuring 3 today, but. Oh, you know what? We just watched it over the weekend because um, the guy that my wife apprentices for, he was talking about it. He's like, dude, have you seen Conjuring 3? And I was like, no, because probably a hot take. He felt it was a hot take. I, I liked the first one fine. I thought the second one was not as good. Yeah. And so I just kind of was like, ah, you know, and then like The Nun, I thought was not good. Mm. Um, and then there was that one. I just watched this not too long ago, too. La Llorona, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. So it's like I've tried to watch, like, the whole series of movies, like, in their order and, and try and keep up. And, uh, like, Annabelle was fine, you know. And, and I think that the fascination with those movies is, like, they're not exceptional films, but it's fascinating that those were real people. That yeah. Claim to have had these experiences. And... Uh, and I'm not here to be like, I don't believe in that because I, I fuck yeah, I do. Yeah. Because uh, I wouldn't probably be interested in horror. But I think that's more of the allure of those films. It's like this idea that like, oh, this happened to real people. And like, here's like the Hollywood version of it. Yeah. I, Conjuring 3, I actually thought was better than the one and two. And I know that people aren't feeling that way because they're like, it's not really a horror. It's more of a thriller, whatever. I don't know yeah it, it just struck a chord with me so i actually i really like that movie damn hell yeah now that's kind of i'd say that's kind of more of a hot take than not liking the other ones just because uh 
uh, just because of like you said, it seems like all over the internet, people are just kind of like either hating on it or just saying it's okay. I I actually personally really enjoyed it. I didn't. I will say I liked the first two more, but yeah. I actually really liked the first two Conjuring movies. I just didn't care for any of the Annabelle's. Uh, the Nun yeah. was very mediocre. I had, actually, I think I skipped the Nun because of how bad reviews were for dude, it, and then dude. I hated La Llorona. So, dude, yeah, I hated La Llorona too, man. Yeah. Full disclosure: I fell asleep halfway, woke up, and was like, I don't think I missed anything. Like, yeah. You know, I don't know, but I, think- I thought the Nun was absolute trash. I was just not a fan of it. Yeah, but- that was one like nobody was holding back on. So I was like, yeah, I don't even think I need to waste time with that one. And then. uh yeah, and then I because after I think I watched La Llorona and was like, I'll go back and watch The Nun if I like La Llorona. I think I bought La Llorona because it was just like five bucks or ten bucks yeah. or something. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's why it was so cheap so quick. <laughs> but, yeah, dude. But, uh, but I'm right there with you. They're kind of like the same thing with The Devil's Rejects and, uh, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses. It's nice that they get, you know, a younger crowd of today into movies, though, yeah. you know, The Conjuring and stuff. But and I did really enjoy the third movie, though. I just uh, like I said, I just really enjoyed the actual first two. I don't yeah. I don't know why. I think it's just because. uh it's been a while since like haunted house films were done very well. You know, there've been a few like indie ones done well, but it's nice to see blockbuster ones like done well and not use just full on CGI all the time too. So. Yeah. And you know what? I liked it because it kind of bookended that like wave of like the paranormal shot on like a camcorder type horror films that just like, like paranormal activity. Yeah. The subsequent fucking like bullshit that came along with that. There was like a million movies made like that. And it like started with the Blair Witch and it ran all the way through to like fourth kind or whatever that movie was. And I just was like, yo, this is that realm didn't do it for me. Like I thought the Witch was cool when it came out. I saw in the theater and I remember like people leaving this like tiny little theater in this small town where I grew up being like terrified. And I was just like, yo, that was sick because that brought kind of like found footage horror to like the mainstream yeah and i thought that was cool as somebody who likes horror movies like that then they just they went it was like wildfire they made a million of those types of movies and i just was like oh my god like when paranormal activity came out everybody's like dude how did they do these special effects it had to actually happen it's like dude it's just somebody like falling out of bed i don't know this sucks but that ran and then all of a sudden they started making movies like the conjuring films all the uh what is it like the haunting of in connecticut and those types of movies it was like all of these like kind of tall tales horror movies like stories that have been kind of passed down through people and they're just kind of actually giving them a proper treatment and i thought that was cool it was a cool way to segue out of like an era of horror that i thought was bogus that's exactly what i was thinking is like the found footage films pretty much ran forever and then all the haunting films up until uh the conjuring came out were pretty much like uh, you had like Amity, like they were all remakes, most of them. Yes. And so it was like they were OK movies, but they were just like remakes. There's no original ideas. So even right. though The Conjuring was based on these, like we'll just say based on true accounts, because, you know, yeah, yeah. However, it happened or however you believe it happened. So, you know, they finally, you know, even though they're based on true events, you know, they're they're not something that's been made in movies several times. So it was nice to see them take something and do it originally and do it like very well. So and that's the thing is, even if this, you know, no matter how the stories actually played out it's nice to see them like take them and like actually do nice storytelling with them you know like write a nice film out of it and stuff so yeah yeah i mean i'll give you my wife's hot take though because um the guy the male character like the husband of that couple absolutely hates that fucking guy like in real life like not the actor the actual guy yeah ed warren or yeah. yeah 
she hates Ed Warren because she's like, he was like some weird ultra Christian that fucking basically abused and like profited off of like his wife's like abilities. Yeah. Like my wife is just like, I don't fuck with Ed Warren. Like, and, and the movies like make her so mad. She's like, just fucking die already. And I was like, well, you know, he lived to be like 79. And she's yeah. like, I know, but just fucking die. You know? So it's like, she really beefs that guy. And I'm just like, well, that's, that's fair. <laughs> I think that like, but again, like that's a thing that I think is important with these types of movies where you're kind of giving a Hollywood treatment to like a real life event. I think it's cool because people can go back and like do research and find out and, and develop an opinion on like these people as people, like as they existed. Yeah. I think that's important. You know, I think that's cool. Yeah. Now, I'm, as soon as you said that, it made me think about the scene where he's just playing uh, Can't Help Falling in Love on the guitar, but she's just sitting there stewing. It's like supposed to be such a sweet scene. She's like, you motherfucker, I want to yes. kill you. <laughs> but uh, which uh, real quick, I know you talked about it like a minute ago, but uh, shout out to Anthony and the Dudes in Dead Heat, the band that uh, named themselves after. I had him on the yes. podcast and they actually named themselves after the movie. So, dude, that's I didn't know that, but that's super sick because they're like a killer fucking band. Hell yeah. And I only checked them out because of their name. I was, yeah. just, I was like, oh, shit. I wonder if they named themselves after this cool ass movie. And then I was like, oh, they're a sick band. Oh, yeah. It is so like it works. You know, they like got a fan out of just having naming themselves after a cool movie. Hell so, yeah. yeah. And I, I do. Uh, while I'm diving back a little bit, I do want to say that that one scene in Motel Hell where he like runs over all the heads and you can like hear the crunching and shit. <laughs> that's one of that's so brutal and it's like unexpected because like the whole movie before that's kind of campy you know like the yeah. uh any kind of critters can make uh farmer vincent's fritters and shit like that and yeah. so. Dude, the movie feels like it's going nowhere mm. for like an hour and then the last 30 minutes just fucks you up yeah that's what's so cool about it because like like i said dude my mom went to bed she's like yo this sucks like this is going nowhere like i don't know why they're even showing this and then he's like running over the heads. He's driving out like with the fucking mask on. It's like, yeah. dude, crazy. Oh, yeah. No, I really uh, enjoy that one as well. But uh, so what's actually, uh, you know, we spoke a bunch of, about a bunch of horror films that you enjoyed and stuff. And, you know, ones that, you know, you grew up on. Uh, do you have a favorite of all time or, you know, maybe a couple that sit at the top since, you know, there's so many different styles in horror. You know, it's kind of hard to pinpoint one. So it, it's kind of ever changing. You know, the landscape changes. I get into stuff that I'm just like, this is the coolest movie i've ever seen yeah I, i'm i don't know i try not to be like one of those people that just like only likes the classics you know like i only like the first record type person eh, whatever so I, i'm gonna say this and i've actually gotten some pushback on this but i think one of my favorites maybe ever and this might stand for like it's it's stood since its release dude fucking mandy hell yeah because it's so okay when your soundtrack is king crimson yeah that's cool as shit already like when that came in i was just like oh shit this movie is going to be sick so the soundtrack does it for me the way it looks is fantastic it's like one of the coolest looking modern horror films and maybe even like any horror film like yeah no doubt and and i just really liked it plus in in our household we love Nicolas Cage, man. I don't even care. I work with a guy who hates him, despises him, and we go at it every day. And I'm just like, dude, Nicolas Cage is great. That movie was like written for him. 
Yeah. So it just like he could just be as campy and over the top as he wanted and it worked. The fucking violence was top tier. The the storyline is kind of cool. You got what fucking Bill Dukes in it. That's fucking cool. He gets his own weapon made for him that like how many fucking you know heroes have like their own style fucking battle axe and shit. Exactly, dude. It's like on every level. I just like it kept doing it for me. And like the and I I bought it. And then I've watched it like a hundred times. Like I, and when I don't know what I want to watch, I just default to that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that's just kind of been my thing. But like, there's so many movies, man. Like Midsummer, I thought was incredible. Like that's a movie that I've bought like four different versions of that thing. I just, oh, yeah. like, I, and we saw it, we saw like the director's cut in the theater in like the limited screening. We saw the original, like the theatrical version in the theater. Like, yeah. The night it came out. And that's just like a movie that we thought was really cool. But then it's like, I also, I have like just kind of, you know, every version of horror, I have something, you know, it's like where I have movies like, dude, Alien is such a cool sci-fi horror. Oh yeah. You know, and it scared the shit out of me as a kid. Terminator 2, honestly, was when I was like 11 or whenever that movie came out, the scariest thing I'd ever seen. Everything in my bedroom was turning into the liquid Terminator, you know? And then we met Robert Patrick and he was the coolest dude ever. Hell yeah. You know, he just like, we talked about flannels. It was fucking cool. That like made my day. Now I've actually uh, told people like close to me before, like just in conversation, like just talking about films and stuff. And I always say, if I ever had the opportunity to, to like reboot something, I think I would reboot Terminator, but I would do it like, cause you know, they just keep like trying to do sequels. I would just like ignore everything, but yes. do a Terminator, like more horror, like pretty yeah. much do it. But with like the gore that you see in today's movie, you know what I mean? It's where he's like literally chopping motherfuckers in half and shit. Yeah. Like, Yes, because that was the thing, man, is like the first one almost has like no violence. Yeah, you know? like it's there, but it's like off screen. It's, it's all like, implied, like Texas Chainsaw kind of like you think it's there when you like think about the movie now. But like when you actually watch it, you're like, oh, that didn't actually show that. Like, and so like then the second one, Terminator 2 was like kind of full throttle in comparison. You know, like he was like going hard and like the action scenes were really good and like all the liquid terminator stuff was like really great and he's like got his finger through like the milk carton through the head you know it's like that stuff was cool but it was also like it's dated you yeah. know like you look at it now and you're like why did i ever think this was like scary like it's yeah. so clearly not real uh so like yeah i agree with you that'd be like sick to just do those movies but have them be what they could be now i think that'd be fucking awesome yeah and the way that the terminator 2 is set up you could actually reboot the series with the with and start with terminator 2 story you could you know you don't have to do terminator 1 first because exactly it's so. it's almost irrelevant by the time you get to the second one yeah it's, it's just like the same story kind of yeah but i guess they all are you know they get to kind of be a thing that they're just kind of every movie is like oh we got to go back in time and kill the guy that's going to stop the machines or kill the girl that's going to stop the machines or kill, you know. Yeah. The only difference in the first one, I guess, is like, uh, like there's not really a good Terminator. Yeah. There's just a bad Terminator in the first one where the second one, there actually is like a good and bad. So that's where that changes. But after that, it's pretty much a good and bad one, every movie. Right. But I think the good and bad Terminator makes more sense than like the Terminator battling uh, just a human. Yeah. Because like, Arnold in the first movie is just like, how do you defeat that? You know, he's like a, a relentless. He just doesn't stop. So it's like, 
you and you got the dude honestly the guy that they have battling him it's just like weak he's just like a soft dude and he's yeah. just like you know like has like a mullet or whatever and he's just like hey i'm here to fucking stop the terminator it's like you're not stopping the terminator yeah you're not stopping fucking arnold it's just not gonna happen but to have like arnold versus robert patrick that's kind of a cooler dynamic to me you know but yeah, and like you said, when it takes a Terminator to stop a Terminator, it adds to the it adds more fear when it's just humans around. So it's like if you actually did a horror version, you just take out the good Terminator for more of the film. Like you still have a good Terminator, but don't have him show up to like the last 20 minutes of the film. Right. You know, that way there's a lot more fear yeah. and a lot more like terror for the first, yeah. you know, like slow burn it kind of. But or even like have him get stalled out, you know, have him like get thrown some weird curveball. Like he's there at the beginning of the movie. But then he gets like fucking smashed and you think he's out for good. And yeah. Have the evil Terminator just like working these people and hunting them down. And then all of a sudden he comes back in at the end of the movie and you're like, oh, shit, here he is to like save the day. And there's this fucking battle. It's cool. Yeah. No, hell but, yeah. We might have to get together right this, man. <laughs> dude, fucking. But yeah. And that's the thing is like, like I said, I there's movies that like I honestly I have like a list over here of stuff that I'm just like, dude, I, there's so many things that I think are fucking just cool like the bee's knees yeah know? and I, in my brain i kind of compartmentalize them into just being like different genres of horror yeah like my least favorite genre of horror is probably vampire movies i, I feel just, you i just don't like them man I, I don't know what it is there's two that i i actually care about and then there's like maybe four that i'll accept you know so it's like i think the two that i care about would be Lost Boys because it's just a sick movie. It's dude, it's the Goonies with vampires. Yeah, you know it's cool. Like people say, that's just a like that's not even a quintessential like horror movie. That's a quintessential eighties movie almost. Like it's up there with like Ferris Bueller and like uh, Days of Confused and shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then I think the other one would be Near Dark. Hell yeah. Near Dark was like the first. Uh, my dad showed me that movie, and it was cool because I had seen Aliens. And it's basically just the cast of aliens mm. in a vampire movie. So like it's actors and actresses that I'm like familiar with. I was familiar with Sigourney Weaver from Alien and then from Ghostbusters. So it's oh. like as a kid, you're like, oh, here's all these people that I like, like, and I'm forming opinions about. And then here's just like this super fucking cool movie where they're like riding around in the van with the fucking tinfoil over the windows. And I thought that was like a really neat take on the vampire thing it wasn't just your class like oh we come up out of the coffin and fucking I'm, I'm here to suck your blood it was like they're out doing like bad shit yeah you know, like when bill paxton gets the guy with the fucking spurs and then like, fucking spraying blood out i was like this is crazy like it was just such a sick movie and yeah. going back to trancers tim thomerson is the fucking kid's dad so there we go it's like i got fucking tim thomerson from fucking trancers and he's the dad that yeah. like gives the transplant and somehow like defeats being a vampire through a blood transfusion or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, that's why wouldn't that work? You know, that makes sense. But yeah, I mean, but right. at the same time, I think maybe some of my favorite movies are like the day of the dead and dawn of the dead stuff, you know, yeah. Night of the dead dawn of the dead, which I thought dawn of the dead was sicker. I, I know that's like a hot take. I actually, the girl, the actress who played the little girl in the first, like the girl zombie in, in Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. I had worked at a haunted house when I was growing up and they had her come do a signing. Hell yeah. And so like that was kind of like my first exposure to like, oh, what's, you know, Night of the Living Dead. And then I watch it. And it's this fantastic movie. 
Yeah. But like Dawn of the Dead just seems so much cooler to me because there was more of like a human element. Yeah. It was just like the ecosystem of being locked in this mall and all the different personalities and the power struggle while there's this force coming in after you. I thought that was awesome. And I used to have a signed poster for Dawn of the Dead that Ken Foray signed. Yeah. And I, I went through like a like a fucking breakup and the poster just got like left behind when I was like moving. Damn. Yeah. And it fucking bums me out because then he just like stopped doing Comic Cons and shit. So I've never been able to replace it. Yeah. So if anybody can fucking hook that shit up, here's the plug for it, man. Hit me up straight up. Hell yeah. It was just, it was like a cool thing that I, I really loved as far as like horror memorabilia. No, definitely. I think he's back to doing cons now, but it's just very seldom, you know. Well, nobody's done cons for two years right. at this point, you know, until now. But, but no, I'm right there with you. I love the, you know, the whole of the dead series, you know, except for, you know, the later ones are iffy, but they're still just fun zombie movies. But that's it. You, you know, you kind of start to take that shit with a grain of salt. Yeah. Like, yeah, here's the thing people get kind of bent about it and they're like, Oh, you know, like the zombies are running now or the zombies are using power tools or like, you know, whatever the, you know, cause you know, we're out here in Pittsburgh. So we get like all the like weird, like sea level actors from those movies. They like do the comic con like every year, every yeah. year, the gas station zombie from like the Dawn of the dead remake, you know, he's there or land of the dead. It's the land of the dead guy. Yeah. You know, he's just pumping the gas. He's at every single fucking one. And I'm just like, bro, no one gives a fuck. He's like, been at a few that I went to. Too. Dude, and, and like no one is like wants anything to do with that guy. I'm like, dude, nobody's fucking down with this. Yeah. Well, I don't sweat those movies because how many times it can you expect like George Romero to have like broken the mold? Yeah. You know, like he broke the mold three times in a big way. That's all a person needs. You know, there's people that like put out movies that will never break a mold. They're just going to like kind of find their little place in in that realm and just do it and be fine. So I don't, I don't sweat those movies, man. They're fun. I enjoy them. I like some of them more than others. Yeah. But that original trilogy, I think is just fucking fantastic. No, I definitely agree. And I do uh, just have to throw in uh, one more vampire movie before we move on to the next set of questions or whatever uh i think from dust till dawn is one of my favorite vampire movies as well just because that's one i feel like if you can see that movie without knowing anything about it when that shit turns holy shit dude it's it's wild but also i think the most underrated like bit of that movie is cheech marin yeah dude when they're pulling in and it's like crazy outside of the fucking you know the bar and he's just like running through all the different types of pussy. And you're just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And you're just, and like you said, it kind of sets you up for just being like, this is the silliest shit ever. And then it takes a turn. And then he's in there like, and is a vampire and he is a badass. And I'm just like, that to me is cooler than fucking Tom Savini. Yeah, this says damn dick gun coming out. <laughs> yeah, dude. But that's one of the four that I, I will accept. You know, I think from dusk till dawn, the first time I saw it, I was blown away. But once that mystery is gone, it's just kind of like it's a fun watch. It's enjoyable. It kind of falls into the realm of like a lot of movies where like the thrill is gone, so to speak. Yeah. But I I enjoy it. I I appreciate it. And I think the other of like the four that I would appreciate and accept 
would be 30 days a night. Hell yeah. I think that's a cool fucking take on it because, dude, terrifying. Not yeah. only I never want to go to like Alaska or any of those fucking places that like deals with that. You know, like you watch that movie Insomnia with uh, Al Pacino. Yeah, like, and Ron Williams. Yeah, people. I don't want to watch. I don't want to live like that. I don't want to do that shit. That's fucking terrible. But to think that like, oh, it's 30 days a night and now these vampires are just running amok. There's yeah. no way to stop them because that's the thing that everybody has as like their safe space in in vampire movies. It's like, oh, the sunlight will keep us safe. Dude, there's no sunlight. So they yeah. have the free-for-all for a month. How the fuck are you going to survive it? That to me is real cool. So like those, those would be like my four that are acceptable vampire movies. Everything else, like Interview with a Vampire, Dracula, Nosferatu, all that stuff, I don't care. I don't yeah. Care. You know. Now I'll check all that stuff gets like at least a one watch from me just because of like, you know, it deserves it. But other than that, I'm with you. Like the ones I'm actually going to throw on are pretty much all the ones that you named or like those are the ones I'll rewatch and stuff, you know, yes. going forward and stuff. But uh, no, the, uh, I will say that Gary Oldman's Dracula, as much as I don't really care for the movie in a whole because of some of the bad acting, that fucking red suit that he wears when he's Dracula, yes. like when he's a knight, yes. that shit is badass as fuck. <laughs> Dude, well, I, that's the thing, man. I love Gary Oldman. Yeah. I think he's like a great actor and he's like one of my wife's favorites. But I think that like a lot of times his movies are like a big swing and a miss for me. Yeah. No, I'm 100%. Like, Dude, how are you so good, but your movie sucks? Yeah. <laughs> I just can't figure it out, man. Which I'm not dogging him. You know, he thinks they're great, obviously. And you know, and here's the thing is you don't know what happens on the cutting room floor. You know, like a lot of times they'll do these cool ass movies and he's like, yo, I love this movie. And then you, you see it and you're like well the only cool thing is his fucking suit yeah yeah i know exactly what you mean that's like uh fucking like even uh harry potter like i feel like everybody in the movie's just kind of doing their thing and he's over there just overacting the shit out of that part like yes always oh, going yeah. eight, like 200 it's like calm down gary this is a like semi-disney movie <laughs> like, yes yes but. But no, I actually uh, had somebody posted the other day on uh, like one of those horror groups or whatever. And they were like, what's the scariest vampire movies? And that's what I commented was I was like the scariest one to me. And it's not the best vampire movie, but it's the scariest is 30 Days a Night. And like you said, it's literally just because of, you know, there's no escape. So there's no escape. And it, I mean, that's wild. Yeah. I, I mean, because you think about like if you had 30 days of anything hunting you down, you're hosed. Like if it's if you're in a fucking wildlife preserve and there's a bear hunting you for a month. That's also terrifying. Yeah. But instead of a bear, it's a pack of fucking vampires. You're fucked. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, think about Jaws. Jaws is terrifying and it's just a shark for like, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, stay oh, out of the water. All you gotta do. <laughs> great. All you gotta do is stay out of the water. Now imagine if it's like a land shark and he's fucking coming to get you for 30 days. You're, yeah, you're fucked. Now I'm right there with you. Uh, that's one thing about like 30 days a night. And like, I don't know there's a couple other films that like try to do that where they like take away the aspect of like escape. Like that's one reason alien is so scary. It's like you're on the fucking ship. So it's, it's you know, it's, no one can hear you scream. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. Which that's just, I mean, that movie's a whole nother feat in itself. Just the way it looks, you know, yeah. 50 years later. So right, it holds up. You know, that's the thing is like some of those movies don't hold up. Yeah. Like when they did like Prometheus, and like stuff that was supposed to kind of be like the prequels to those movies or like in that same realm of fantasy, they don't hold up as well as those are first two visually are just, they're kind of breathtaking, man. Yeah. 
like all the angles are really cool all the live effects are cool all that stuff it's just you, you can't beat it and the weaponry is cool like that's like the first time you see like some like really cool like just like she's like duct taping like a fucking blowtorch to like a machine gun and you know like that's wild and i love that it's sigourney weaver yeah you know that she's just a total badass in that movie because it was like it railed against your like atypical fucking like here's stallone here's seagal here's chuck norris here's like your male action star and then here she comes and she's like a bigger badass than all of them. No, hundred percent agree. And then it's like the in some of the practical effects in that movie, like even the datedness have like worked in their favor. Yeah, like I, I actually like the fact like when they're ripping apart the um, I always forget his actual name in the movie because I always call him Kane, but Kane is the one that has the chest burster come out. Yeah. The one that the one that's the android. Uh, when they're like when they start ripping him apart and stuff. What'd you say? Bishop. Bishop. That's his name. Yep. Yeah. When they start like ripping them apart and all that stuff, it's like uh like it looks dated like in a way, but it just it just makes it look messy. So it kind of looks even more real because like not yeah. every android, like because we don't know what the insides look like, and not every time is the head gonna pop off like an action figure. So it's like exactly. the fact that the skin's all hanging off and shit, it, like has worked yeah. to its advantage more than anything. Yeah, I agree. I agree, man. Hell yeah. So uh the end of the podcast, usually uh we're not like the end in, but you know, uh towards the end, I like to ask questions, you know, that kind of mix the music and movies and they're all like a little bit hypothetical. Uh somebody approached you guys, you know, when you dropped this next record and said, uh, you know, we want to make a music video for you, but we want it to be a short film version of one of your favorite horror movies just remade into a music video. Uh which horror movie would you choose and how would you do it uh for a music video for you guys? I would choose Hellraiser because that's like a god tier film for me oh yeah which is weird to say because it's very like anti-god but like we used i've used sound clips from that movie live and shit so and we actually had a hellraiser like the the box like the uh lament you know uh we did that on a t-shirt yeah it was like one of our first t-shirt designs and uh I think it's like the only one that ever still gets reprinted. Hell so yeah. it would have to be like Hellraiser because those movies are insane. But I don't, how would I do it? I don't know, man. I feel like that's almost a bad choice because anything we would do would just look like a Nine Inch Nails video or something. You know, like when he was doing like the full leather, like on the broken record, he was just like wearing like the leather jumpsuit and shit. It was yeah. just like, fuck, because I mean, that's all the fucking Cenobites and shit are like all wearing the fucking leather gimmicks but i i think that it'd be cool to do something like uh i guess probably hellraiser three where they're like in the nightclub and the fucking he like opens the box and it the, it just tears them apart yeah. I know it happens in like every movie but that's like kind of crazy because it's like he's like in the nightclub and he's like coked out and he's like doing his thing it'd be something like that like we're playing this wild ass nightclub while some dude's just getting fucking chained to death you know in in another room or something like that kind of like that uh uh the 18 visions video where they did they live Hell yeah. like the they live thing for like their new record i think it's like andy williams is like the roddy piper character and he like comes in and is like shooting up the place i think you know something like that would be cool but hellraiser oh yeah i actually came up with a hellraiser idea that i'll throw at you that okay. uh feel free to use if you ever get the opportunity so yeah. uh 
what if it was like you guys were just loading in and you find the puzzle box like somewhere in the venue or whatever you know where obviously somebody left it behind because you know that's the one thing is like whoever possesses it you know could call upon the, the cinnabites pretty much yeah so uh you guys open it hellraiser and the cinnabites show up and they're like we're about to you know rip your soul apart blah 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 you know they say some shit you know a cool ass monologue pretty much you know yeah. you even get doug bradley to cameo because it kind of just looks awkward with the yeah. other dude <laughs> yeah. but uh so then but you guys bargain with them just like you know the final girl in the first one does i remember her real name actually lawrence i can't remember her oh christy the way christy does in the first movie and um you're kind of like hey well look we got a show tonight i know you guys don't understand what that means but if you save us our five souls then we will give you guys hundreds tonight and then like so then you start playing the song and like the crowd starts moshing and out of nowhere, the Cenobites come out and start just like slaughtering everybody in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. I'm for it. Like that way, it's like y'all are just playing as like chains are going through the crowd, ripping yes. people apart. And... That'd be fucking sick. <laughs> fucking sick. I, I would be totally down for that. But every time I think about a gruesome video, I just think about that. Uh, what was it? Who did a cattle cap decapitation to force gender reassignment? Yes. Have you ever seen that video? <laughs> I have. Dude. And here's what's fucked up about that video. It's like, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. We actually had a guy that we, like our singer, it was like, had a party at his house and they made some kid watch that. And the kid passed out and fell and like broke his teeth off on a table and was just like that video, like fucked him up. But we toured with cattle decap, which was crazy. Yeah. Every night when they would play that song, you just see the video. It just plays in your fucking head. And I'm just like, I'm watching them play live and I'm seeing that video because it's just, that's an insane music video. Like, yeah. how do you get crazier than that? No, yeah. I'm a, uh, I watch Joe Bob's last drive-in every yeah. Friday and stuff like that. And there was, they pre-announced that he was doing uh cannibal Holocaust last season and people freaked out, like got mad at him and all this stuff. And, uh, the, you know, they were just saying that this isn't the kind of stuff we want to see on TV. And some of the people weren't talking about like the, like the animal murders they didn't even know about that like they were just saying it was too gory and i yeah. was like i was like i should just share the link to this music video into some of these comment sections and be like yeah. if y'all think that's bad like look what your kids can could just go watch on youtube all they got to do is be signed into your account pretty much so they could pass the 18 and up thing or whatever it's funny that you say cannibal Ho brought up cannibal holocaust and that people were like sweating it because i was actually thinking about that today and how I like, I think I missed the boat on Cannibal Holocaust mm -hmm. because I saw all this like really kind of fucked up shit before I saw that. Like that was a movie I saw well into adulthood. So, you know, like I had seen movies like Irreversible and like August Underground and some of the stuff that's like, like Antichrist and some yeah. of that's like really fucking over the top. So then when I saw Cannibal Holocaust, Cause everybody was like, how have you not seen this movie? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, it somehow it slipped through the cracks. I, I know it exists. I've just never seen it. Yeah. And when I finally saw it, it just did absolutely nothing for me. Cause I've, I was so desensitized by all this other stuff that I was like, I appreciate this. I appreciate like all the, the lore and all the story behind the production of this and all of the things that went into this film. But it just like, I don't, like you said, it's like your kid could just go watch this insane music video now and that's yeah. like it, it, what it was for me is like i've already seen all this other shit that's crazy this I, and this is not that bad yeah so it's weird to me that people still get kind of bent over that movie because it's like dude it's it's really it's not that bad yeah i mean there's just like 
there's way worse shit you know like no i'm right there with you i'm so i was so desensitized by the time i seen it you know because uh to me like the human centipede's worse and that shit was on netflix you know yes. when came out, so it's yes. like uh uh so by the time i saw cannibal holocaust i was like I'm with you. I'm so desensitized that it's like hard for me to talk about with people because I, I want to be like, I think it's an, a, a great movie. Like, I think like the story behind the movie is good. It's like because the whole point is showing that those people that went out there, those documentary filmmakers were like the real evil. You know what I mean? Like they were like the whole point was like, oh, they got savagely killed by this, you know, these cannibals. But, you know, so but we need you to go out there and the dangerous thing and get the footage back. And then once they got the footage back, it was like, you don't want to show what happened because it's not good for our people it's like so like the whole message behind the movie like to me it was like such a good thing but i'm like i can't recommend this to somebody because the normal movie goer isn't as desensitized as me so it's like they're gonna see it and be like you're fucking like fucked up in the head <laughs> like well i mean that's that's it too man like i that used to be like my litmus test like when people yeah. would come stay with me is i would i would put on like i wouldn't put on cannibal holocaust i'd put on august underground yeah it was like I don't know if you've ever seen it or if you fuck with that movie. I've um, heard of it, but I've actually never checked it out. Some of those movies, it's just uh, like I've never sought them out. But I w- it's one of those things. If somebody if I was ever at somebody's house and they're like, hey, have you seen that? I'd be like, no, like this will be the time I'll watch it. You know right. what I mean? Like just because I've just but I just don't feel the need to like search them out. But I've seen some some I like I've seen Antichrist for sure. Yeah, I only got into August Underground because the guy that made it was a teacher at the Savini Institute, which yeah. is like, out here. So it was kind of like, oh, here's this movie that was filmed in this area that's like really fucked up. And it's it's basically just like a snuff film. But I mean, it's not real. It's all, yeah. you know, practical effects and stuff like that. And he uh, and it's all camcorder. He shot it on like a camcorder. So it looks really grainy and really fucked up. And but how they like put this movie over was they put it out into the world like it was a real snuff film. Like yeah, like would go to like these comic cons and stuff and like or horror cons and like leave vhs versions of it just like sitting out in the world and then people would find it and be like oh my god what is this fucking thing and there was actually places where like there was criminal investigations and they finally had to be like hold on it's just a movie like look all these people are actors and actresses yeah and i thought i thought that was really cool but that was always like my litmus test people would come stay with me and i would put that movie on and they would just be like I, I had one girl, she like threw up and made her boyfriend drive her back to Cleveland. Like they left immediately. And then like, I have people that were just like, stop being my friend. Cause they were just like, yeah, you're too fucked up. I'm just like, it's fake, man. Like, yeah. But yeah. So like, I do have to keep in mind that like, that's my litmus test, but like cannibal Holocaust is kind of that for like normal people. Yeah. Like it, you show that to like a normal person who's like, you maybe even dip in their toes in the pool of horror and they're just like oh you know they're like, all right man like what are you into so yeah i get you now i've had a guy uh we used to when we used to play a lot of shows afterwards uh we i live in north carolina and we'd play up in uh virginia beach and stuff but we had friends up there so we'd go back to their houses and like watch movies and shit so sometimes we'd end up hanging out with people that like we were friends of friends with yeah so like one time we were at this house and it was literally like our band our friend and then like four of his friends that we had like no idea who the fuck they were but we were just like not ready to like head back so we were like we'll chill for a bit and then go back and they were like you know what should we watch and uh all of us being that we hang out together all the time we've seen human centipede a few times and that's what our recommendation was it's like have y'all seen this shit yet and the guy was there was three girls and a guy and uh they were all like no i hadn't seen it and like about like 
10 minutes into the ask the mouth uh, of the movie yeah. they, he's he's like i cannot do this anymore this is fucking gross blah, blah, blah. and i'm like I'm like if all I'm like if nine out of ten people are consider this it's like how can you not just chill like but i mean i guess it's just some people just can't handle that shit like that's uh even my stepdad i sometimes i'll put on these like kill counts on uh youtube and shit this yeah. is what dead meat does and he leaves the gore in a lot and uh so like I'll forget and just throw those on and I'll be watching them and then like everybody will come in for dinner and I'll forget that my stepdad doesn't really fuck with gore like that. And yeah. it's like just simple gore, like a throat cut with a bunch of blood. And I'm, my mom would be like, oh, can you change this? <laughs> I'm like, you know, like it's just like you said, it's, you get so desensitized that yeah, like everything's just almost like watching a normal like it's almost like watching an episode of Family Guy. <laughs> like it's so yeah. normal. You know what I mean? Like not well, funny, but. Right. And I think, too, it's like I think people probably like yourself definitely like myself it's like we're similar to people who are like thrill seekers and they're like roller coasters stop being enough so now they're like skydivers and then that stops being enough so then they're like doing like free fall jumps from like skyscrapers and shit with like the squirrel suits or whatever yeah and it, it kind of becomes like that with like horror movies it's like i saw this thing that was super fucked up what's the next fucked up thing and then it's like how can i just keep raising the bar for myself you know and sometimes dude that's why i have to like sometimes just go back and watch like shit that's campy and really silly and it's like you go back and i remember when like evil dead was the bar yeah it's like that's so far not the bar anymore but just like you go back and you kind of like cleanse the palate and you're just like okay yeah here we go like I, i now i can go back and this will make me feel fucked up again yeah like you get through the whole human centipede series and you're just like you're a changed person you know you need that palate cleanser yeah so. now, have you uh ever seen the uh film headless i have not what's that about what's up with that so this is a film that was pretty much there's a uh an indie film that came out called found and it's just uh like found with a period at the end okay. and it's pretty much about a little uh kid who finds in his older brother's uh his closet he finds a bowling bag with a decapitated head in it and that's like you'd find like that's like the beginning of the movie it's in the trailer if you want to check it out yeah. but it's very indie film like very independent so like it's not high quality at all but the storytelling is very gripping so eventually he finds within that movie they find and watch a vhs called headless okay and it's it's very graphic like it's pretty much like you said it's kind of like yeah. how you described august underground like kind of like a snuff film and it's yeah. shot on v you know shot straight to yeah. video and stuff but uh so eventually that got made afterwards into a full-length like feature right. by itself so that you can find on youtube and yeah. like it's pretty much like an hour and a half of like a lot of skull fucking and like other shit like that so it's, it's very that is right up my alley i know what i'm doing this weekend yeah and by skull fucking i mean decapitated heads so. yeah. yes but no, it's uh, it's pretty rough. I actually didn't know Headless existed until recently. When my buddy over at uh, Toxic Coffin, shout out to those dudes. Uh, he was, we were talking about that. He's like, "Have you seen Headless?" And I was like, "I was just like, are you talking about the movie End Found?" And he was like, "Well, I know that there's a sequel called Found." Like he didn't know about Found, and I didn't know about Headless, so we had to like figure out what it was between each other. Yeah, that's cool though. Yeah, but that's uh, no- cool that they made the movie in a movie. Yeah, no, you know? I highly recommend checking out Found as well, though. That's on yeah. like Tubi and shit. So cool very cool but now i thought that was sick of them to do you know to take the especially with it being like that kind of movie it's not you know what i mean like 
like the snuff film pretty much but but um so my next question for you uh and it's my second to last one is uh would you ever want to compose or score a horror movie or anything like that and if so what kind of subgenre would you choose if given that choice you know i know that usually that's not something that's done to the composer but sure I, dude i would absolutely do that i don't know if i'm technically qualified to do mm-hmm. that you know like i don't think that maybe i'm i'd figure it out though because i just like horror movies i'd, I'd figure out how to like do whatever i gotta do yeah but i and that's the thing too is like i i like i love soundtrack stuff so like i listen like at work all day i'll just listen to soundtracks like i'll put on like horror movie soundtracks i love all john carpenter stuff you know like i like how he scored things yeah uh, my wife came in the other day and had me, I was listening to Goblin because I listened to shit to my Goblin. Yeah. And it was one of the ones that had like the like very like, ah, like whispering. Yeah. She's like, yeah. the fuck are you doing? Because I was just sitting there and they're listening to it on my phone and like nothing else on the like nothing on the TV or anything. I was like, I'm sorry. I was just enjoying a, yeah. a Suspiria theme song or like whatever it was. Exactly. It, dude, and that shit's that shit's cool. I think that if I was going to have to choose like a subgenre. Yeah. I would want to do like that realm of kind of like the sci-fi uh, like Carpenter stuff. Hell yeah. Know, where he did like the thing or like that movie, The Void. Oh, hell yeah. Fucking awesome. I would love to score a movie like that. Because yeah. like that, it's like there's so much, much more like tension building there, you know, like because it wasn't just aliens. It wasn't just people it's kind of a combination of all the things yeah like, i feel like i i could probably do i could score like a really violent movie easier and have it be like just insane and kind of like full throttle and just like punish you yeah but like i i think that the the nuances of like a film like some of like the john carpenter stuff or you know like the kind of more sci-fi stuff like i i really like i think the thing is like such a cool movie and like the soundtrack is very, very subtle. Yeah. You sit and listen to it. It's there's like a lot of nuance there and it's just kind of building and it's like very cool. And you know, like and but again, like he's kind of like my point man on like what I think are just like cool soundtracks. Like I love listening to those soundtracks, like Escape from New York, all that type of stuff. It's just like really neat to me. Yeah. So that type of movie I think would probably be the one I would do. Oh yeah. No, I'm right there with you. I love John Carpenter's music. I even uh like I like his uh, new albums that he's been releasing, the like lost themes and shit like that. No. And I just got that most recent one. It was pretty excellent. I highly recommend it if you haven't checked it out. Yeah, I think it's like lost themes three or some shit yes, like that. But. Yes, I, I mean I I listen to it. I don't own them. Yeah. Because uh, again, that's just like a thing that like I can. I spend so much money on records all the time. It's like hard to keep up sometimes. Yeah. You know, I like went and was like, oh, I'm gonna buy these soundtracks, and then I'm like, oh, fuck, and I got these other ones. And but I I do I love fucking john carpenter so much that i actually worked at a salon with my wife for a while and I, one night i had to leave early and i put on the halloween theme and locked everybody else out of the fucking the like sonos or whatever the fuck it was yeah and it took them like three hours to figure out that it was just on repeat and it just was like the fucking halloween theme just going and they like texted me while i was at my other job and were like how do we fucking fix this i was like <laughs> You don't, man. I'll fix it tomorrow. Like, you enjoy the John Carpenters, what you do. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what you do. <laughs> that's how you fix it. <laughs> but uh, so my final question for you, man, is uh, do you have any horror stories of your own? And they can be from either, you know, being on the road with the guys or it could just be something scary as shit that happens to you on your own. And, you know, if it was a paranormal uh, story, if you're a believer in that stuff, you know, you're more than welcome to share that as well. 
oh dude i got a lot of those actually you know we grew up my brother and i who's our drummer we grew up in like a small town north of pittsburgh by like an hour and there was like you know it's kind of like a like a typical pennsylvania quaker town or some shit you know and so there was always like these like fucking uh like the 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 horror lore of the area like oh like don't go down here because like of this or whatever yeah and they're like there was like this house that was referred to as like the axe murderer's house because apparently this guy like chopped up his whole family and like put them in the walls and you, you like you can never find information on it but it's just everybody in the town was like that's what happened there yeah but the one time i had like and i'll tell this i, I won't like we had a tour i'll say this one time that we refer to as like the seven plagues tour because like we actually experienced like physical fucking plagues for like yeah. an entire tour and oh, it was shit. super fucked up and uh we we truly we joke about it but I, I believe it to be true that we got a curse in Baton Rouge. Like this band put a curse on my brother and we experienced all this shit. But like, I'll save that for another time because it's very lengthy. But the, the one growing up, like our house, like that we grew up in, you would see like faces in the curtains and stuff. And we would experience like you'd hear people walking around the house that don't exist. Yeah. Even the house I live in now, uh, when I moved in here. I would be in the basement like playing guitar and I would like hear something. I look up and see a man standing on the basement steps. There's no man there. Yeah. But the, the guy that used to live here like fucking 50 years ago exactly fits the description of the person I saw having never seen him, you know? So there's weird stuff like that. But the one that I think scared the shit out of me the most growing up was there was this stretch of road out on like this land that was basically just like, I don't know, man, fucking white people came in and killed all the fucking Native Americans and fucking, you know, killed, did just did bad shit. And then they just yeah. took it and they like made it what it is. So there was like this, this kind of legend that during the Civil War, like a hanging took place and that they hung all these fucking people, but it was all women and children. Mm. They hung them out on this, off this bridge. And if you go out there, you could still like hear them screaming. And I, I stayed with my friend out there and there was like a bunch of us spend the night where we, we couldn't even drive. So we were probably like 13 or 14. Yeah. And we stayed out there and we could walk from his house out to this bridge. And we walked out there because I was just like, this is bullshit. You guys are fucking full of it. You know, like you're just trying to like scare the kid that like lives in town, you know? And they're like, no, dude, like it's for real. So we go out there and we got our, our flashlights and all our shit and we go out we get to this bridge and you got to walk like way way out in the sticks and there's no road there so you're like traveling through the woods and you get to this exact spot and it's this old covered bridge that's just like dilapidated and fucking run down and we just sit out there and we're sitting there and we're just chilling and i'm just like see there's nothing going on and then you hear a fucking baby crying and that's like how every one of these stories goes like oh i heard a baby crying and i'm just like okay you know like whatever and yeah. i'm still just like kind of no selling it but you know the hair on the back of my neck is standing up i'm getting like that like feeling a little hot in the chest i'm like yeah but whatever then you start hearing like women screaming like not just one like multiple women and i'm just like we gotta get the fuck out of here so we get up and we start trying to like run our way back through the woods and you hear it sounds like like a deer or something is chasing us through these woods yeah and I'm like the fuck is going on 
all our flashlights die. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, you know, because you're like, okay, somebody's batteries die or like flashlights are so fucking hinky. So I'm trying to explain it away, like rationally thinking like, there's no way that this is happening. We run out, we get back to like the road that will take you out of this, this area. As soon as we hit, and it was like a dirt road. As soon as we hit that dirt, all the lights come back on. The steps behind us stop at the road. We no longer hear the fucking screaming. We don't hear the babies. And I'm shook. And I'm just like, I'm like, all right, man. Like, and that was kind of like what set me on the course of even like believing in the paranormal and getting into that stuff and not necessarily like, like I still, I'm, I, it's just in my nature to try and explain things away and just like think of things rationally. But like, it was a thing that as I've encountered instances, like I said, where I'm living in my house now and I experience kind of paranormal activity to just be like, oh, this is a real thing. And like my wife and I both just treat it like it is a real thing. And like, she, you know, she does shit like bangs pots and pans together and like, you know, it's, it tells the, them to like piss off or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I don't bat an eye at it. I don't look at her and be like, oh, you're like a fucking crazy person because I've experienced a thing that like to my core, it shook me. And I just yeah. was, I can't explain this away. And, you know, it, it could be circumstance. It could be total bullshit. And everything else could be total bullshit, but it definitely sent me on a path of like, I believe it. And as I've experienced it in other areas of my life, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. Like, Oh, that's sick. And when other people tell me crazy shit that's happened to them, I'm like, hell yeah. You know, like that's up. Hell yeah. No, I've, uh, I've only had one encounter happen to me. So like, I'm like exactly like how you kind of explained yourself to be like when me and my, like me and my wife sit down she doesn't watch horror movies, but we'll sit and watch like, uh, that's weird because she'll watch stuff that's like, you know, deemed real and stuff like paranormal yeah. videos and stuff. And uh, so we sit and watch the top fives. And I'm one of those like uh, every time we're watching a video, I'll try to explain, oh, that might have been this or that might have been this. And there's some stuff that I'm like, oh, I can't explain that, you know, like, yeah. but uh, I definitely wouldn't say I'm 100 percent skeptical. Like I'm a I'm a believer. I'm just one of those like I don't believe that ever, like I don't believe it happens as often as like it's put right. out there. So it um. But I did have one incident. We have this place local called uh, Five, I think it's called Five, yeah, Five Bridge Road. And um, I don't really know the backstory. It's one of those that you kind of feel like it's like kind of just a made up one that's come a long time and stuff like that. But uh, so when you're driving along the road, you can feel where there used to be five bridges in the road, you know, where they've had to, where they've just gotten rid of them and paved over them pretty much because they're, you know, the, by the time they build it up for actual, you know, the real road, they don't need the little tiny bridges anymore. Right but you can feel the divots. So you're supposed to go down and turn around and stop your car on the, you know, the first one, which is technically the fifth one from a certain direction or whatever. Sure. And uh, so we went one time the earlier in the night with a group of friends and it was like a different group of friends, but it was like a packed car full of people and like nothing happened. And this was probably like 1130, maybe midnight. And uh, we were like, all right, well, let's all go to, you know, I think we met at IHOP at the time. Cause it was when IHOP was still like 24 hours. I know it is some places, but locally it's not anymore and stuff. So, so we all went and then around, three o'clock we were all heading home to like drop everybody off for the night and go home and uh it was uh, i was driving in my truck with uh my girlfriend in the passenger seat and my buddy and my like two friends in the back seat pretty much so it was four of us all together yeah. and um so we're driving out we're driving home and we're like they're like hey do y'all want to go try again and i was like well not really i was like because it's kind of i was like i'll be honest I was like, I'm scared to drive out there. I was like, I don't want to be the one that has to be driving like because yeah. you're supposed to like turn your car off. I was like I don't want to be the one that has to react. 
And he was like, I'll drive if you don't mind me driving your truck or whatever. And I was like, yeah, man, it's fine. So my buddy drove us out there. Me and my girlfriend hopped in the back. My two friends jumped in the front. So we go out there and we're like, all right, well, what we're going to do is we're going to try and stop on the other fifth bridge because we might have stopped on the wrong fifth bridge the first time. Right. And this time it's like 3.30 in the morning. So it's like about the hour that it needs to be type thing. Yep. And uh, so we go out there and we turn the car off and we're sitting there. And at first nothing's happening. You know, it's just real quiet. And my buddy that's in the passenger seat uh, hears like a loud, like just knock on his window. And yeah. he like, he like, he freaks and like turns towards us. Probably shouldn't have done that in case I wake the baby up. <laughs> <laughs> so he kind of freaks and like looks towards us. And he's like, did y'all hear that? And we're just like, yeah, we did. And right as he says that, we hear footsteps across the top of the truck. And like, this is the the way that the street is set up is like, there's woods on each side, but they don't go over. You know what I mean? Like nobody could be hanging from a tree, like kicking it or nothing, you know? So it's like, it's very sketchy and dark, but like nobody could be like jumping on the truck without us seeing them. And it's also like a truck. So it's not like they could just full on leap onto it. It was like a Toyota Tacoma, you know, like, yeah not like a jacked up truck or nothing, but it was decent enough. Nobody's just jumping on that shit. So especially with it being like those kind of footsteps, because it wasn't like a, like a heavy crash. It was like soft footsteps. So we just, my buddy turned the truck on and we booked it. And that was pretty much like all that happened, but that enough right there was enough for me to not be a hundred percent skeptical anymore. You know what I mean? Right. And you know, I think that it's, it's unique too, and kind of, kind of cool that your story is also like a bridge story. Yeah. And I know that like, you know, they're like different more or whatever, but like, it seems like everybody, every town has like a bridge story. And then it's like, there's all that like investigation into like bridges and like how, like, you know, like the golden gate bridge, like attracts people to want to like kill themselves. Like there's yeah. like a cosmic pool to like that area for people who just like have had it. And so it's like, I wonder, I mean, like bridges just have like a lot of history. So, I mean, once you get into the realm of believing, I'm sure that like you can really start just like kind of digging into like what it means that like you had an experience like that at a bridge and I had an experience like that at a bridge and the yeah. history of all these bridges and like that kind of like paranormal energy that's just kind of concentrated there. Yeah. It's like that's that's kind of crazy. No, definitely. And there's a there's like a couple like famous other bridges too. I know that like if you look online, there's like um like uh, we'll kind of get hooked into them. I'm, I'll be honest. It's one of those, you know, how there's like those YouTubers you get ashamed to watch every now and then. But uh, me and my wife get hooked on those uh, those two kids, Colby and Sam, that go like discovering places and shit like that. And they'll go uh, down to these like um, like down beside these bridges randomly. They're like all sprinkled throughout California and shit like that. And they have like real bad history. And like, uh, I don't know, most of the time, I mean, of course, they're probably editing their videos and making them spooky and shit. But they don't ever try to do anything over the top that feels like fake or nothing. Sure. It's yeah. just like the energy that like those places put off is enough to make you feel like there's something, you know, that just is living around that area, you know. Right. And I mean, it's like the same with like asylums, you know, yeah. there's like bad shit that happens in those places and historically happened in those places. Like the way I look at it is this, man, like energy just exists. Mm. And like we're a carbon form, same as like a tree, same as like, you know, a rock, anything. So it's like that energy, like once somebody dies, like the energy exists, it's like, you know, like, and sound will travel forever, you know, yeah. like by the science, it just travels. And I just think it's kind of the same thing as like these places exist and bad shit happen and people expire and their energy exists and it's going to resonate in people like sound would, you yeah. know, so you come in there, you're going to have an experience singular to yourself because of how that energy 
in that place resonates within those walls or within that bridge or within the trees or within you and the people you're with. And I think that's a cool thing. Like when you start getting into like paranormal stuff, yeah. try to think about like, why does that happen? You know, and like, what role does history and trauma and bad shit have to do with like the current, you know, like energy manifestation? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's like, what exactly, me, you know, makes a spirit stay behind or, you know, what right. makes it just stay as, you know, because some people leave behind energy. Some people leave behind like a whole, you know, spirit or, yeah. you know, type of entity and stuff like that. So now I'm, I'm with you. It's like what goes, you know, it's almost like it's obviously not a not a science but it's almost like a science like like goes into that kind of stuff you know in that way of thinking and stuff and in in this this little like as we're talking about this have you seen the movie ghost story it's not a horror movie it's got casey affleck and it's just like maybe the saddest movie ever oh no uh isn't that like the one he just i know he ended up winning for like manchester by the sea but i think a ghost story came out like right after right yeah it's like a recent movie no i never saw it but uh i heard a little bit about it it's it's cool because it kind of touches on this because like I'm, i don't want to spoil it for you but essentially his energy doesn't leave a place mm. and it's it kind of like paints the picture of like what happens if you're a fucking ghost and you're just kind of trapped within these walls you know like where you inspired yeah it's it's a cool take but it's not horror related it's i think my wife and i both cried watching it it's very yeah. sad but it touches on this, which is kind of cool. Hey, I cried to train Rubus Son, so horror movies can make you cry, okay? <laughs> True, they can. But have you seen Train Rubus Son? I have not. Is it I, cool? I highly recommend it. It's a zombie film, and it's one of the probably the better of the more recent ones. So, but uh, but no, I know exactly what you mean. A ghost story is uh, like it's it's called a ghost story because it's like a story of a ghost, but it's yes. not an evil ghost. That's why. But, yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. That's one that uh. It's not that I've never wanted to check. It's like I've never really had like an interest in it, but only because I've never heard anybody talk about it. Like, you know, yeah. other than just like I've heard what it's about. But like, so now that you've recommended it, I'll probably definitely check it out. It definitely. It, dude, it flew under the radar. It was one of those like, I think we like rented it from Netflix when you could still get like the discs. Yeah. You know? like, that was the only way it was like before you could stream shit. And we just saw a preview like on some other DVD of this, of this movie. And it, it honestly looked really funny. And we're like, oh, this will be like a really silly, fun movie. Yeah. Because like he walks around in like a sheet, like, you know, like a little kid uh, in, on like Halloween, like dressed up as a ghost. So we're yeah. like, this isn't a serious movie. And then you watch it and you're like, holy shit, this is like a really heavy movie. Yeah. It's not, it's not funny at all. Like there's no comedy in it at all. It's not scary. It's just like, it's just a really heavy, weighty movie. It's kind of cool. Like almost eternal sunshine-ish like feel. Yes, very much like that. It's yeah. very much like that. Oh yeah. No, definitely check that out for sure. Cool. But I think it's streaming on Amazon Prime actually. So should be easy to get. Yeah, I just saw it on something and I was just like, it got me thinking about what a cool movie it is. But it's like it's like Blue Valentine. Yeah. I saw it once and I'm good to never see it again because yeah. like, it just emotionally wrecks you. You're just like, that's it sucks. Like there's watch, no happy ending. It's just like depression in movie form. Yeah, watching an old couple fall out of love pretty much while watching what, how they fell in love. It's like, that's awesome. Let me do that again to myself. Like, <laughs> And I did it when I was like going through a breakup. I was just like, oh, I'm sad. I'm going through this breakup. I'm going to watch this movie. 
And then I was like, at the end, I was like, I, I'm fucked this. I'm a wreck. You know, I never yeah. see it again. No, I actually just asked my wife the other day if she had heard of that movie because of um, I was telling her about how Ryan Gosling sings. Uh, yeah. For that band. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but, it, you know, they even have a song in The Conjuring and everything. The first one. Um, and, you know, he sings in the movie Blue Valentine as well. So I was like. Uh, I was like, oh, you know, he sings, right? And she was like, no, I was like, this is his band. And she was like, oh, I didn't even know. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I was like, don't you recognize a voice from when he sang in Blue Valentine? And she's like, I've never seen it. And I was like, well, that's not one that I'm going to ask you to watch because it's like, I don't want to watch it again myself. Dude, I'm like, I love to, to punish my wife. So I have her watch all that shit. But yeah. I do it when I'm like on tour and I'll be like, she'll be like, hey, like, what should I watch? I'm like, you should definitely watch Blue Valentine. <laughs> and she watches it and she's like, why the fuck would you have me watch that? I'm like, it's a great movie. I just don't want to see it again. Yeah. Or I'll be like, oh, you should watch Irreversible. And she's like, why the fuck did you make me watch this like horrible fucked up movie? And I'm like, well, because you like horrible fucked up movies. And she's like, not like that. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to see that shit. I'm like, well, you know. So I always I get her with that shit all the time. You know? Oh, yeah. But I agree 100 percent about Blue Valentine. It's an awesome movie. It's just one that it's like it just rips you apart. So it's like, why even watch it? It's heavy, man. But I appreciate you for coming on the show, man, and for sharing and everything, man. It's been fun shit chatting with you. Uh, you want to tell people, you know, where they can find you and everything like that, and where they can find the band, you know, to keep up with uh, an, an eye for that new record when it starts to drop. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's easy. It's Eternal Sleep. I think it's like Eternal Sleep HC on Facebook. Uh, it, I'm pretty sure it's just at Eternal Sleep on Instagram. Uh, we don't ever post anything we might change that with the new record but probably not we're just dude we're, we're fucking i don't know we're we like the mystique of it but uh, yeah so closed casket would probably be the best bet to look out yeah, closed casket would definitely be the best bet they'll be hyping everything and doing whatever yeah uh, we are booking we just confirmed dates for january fuck yeah we're not announcing anything yet so like i, I we're gonna i think we're planning to announce in like july yeah which is early for like a tour that's so far away but I, i'm excited i'm excited to go back out and play shows i think the band we're going to be touring with is also excited and it's i think it's a really cool bill it's short it's like five or six shows so that's something to look forward to uh i mean if people want to just follow me personally it's at turning the screw all one word you can fucking link that shit up i don't care i don't everybody can follow me if you want to see pictures of my wife and probably records and guitar pedals you know <laughs> about the extent of it but oh yeah yeah nah. I, I love talking about anything so it's like if people want to hit me up and fucking try to argue halloween three or some shit with me fucking go for it man i got oh. like 40 movies over here that like we didn't even fucking touch on so oh, yeah. you know. i have to do a uh, part two one day yeah in the next couple months for sure absolutely i love talking to you it's it's honestly it's been a lot of fun for sure, man. Definitely. I was glad we finally got to do this. Sorry, it's been a, a pain, but it's no, definitely dude, worth it for sure. Dude, it's it's not a pain to me. I'm I'm chill. I'm going to no. get along, man. Uh, when it when it happens, it's it's always good, you know. Yeah. No, and I definitely feel you though on uh like wanting to announce something now because it's like even though it is far out, it's like nice to let people know that, like this is what's in the works. You know, like you look forward yeah. to this, and you know, like that way they're not just like. Hmm, I wonder what Eternal Sleep's doing. It's like, bitch, yeah. this is what we're doing. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, too, is like we laid low for like a good amount of time while, while we worked on writing the record. And then when the pandemic hit, it was like we were starting to gear up. Like I said, we were gearing up to like start playing shows again. And 
have new music and do all this shit. And then like the pandemic railroaded everybody. Yeah. And, um, so now it just looks like we haven't existed as a band in like five years or some shit. Cause I think, yeah, the last record came out in 2016 and we basically toured from the release when it came out in May, we like went out and the first tour we did was with nails. We toured pretty much the whole way through till like 2017. And then like, we're a little bit pickier in 2018 and the back end of 2017 on like what tours we were doing, but we stayed active. Yeah. But then it's like, but still it's like, we're not, we're not like a band, like, you know, that's just out 365 days a year. Uh, I, I would think we would all like that, but like, we would kill each other. Yeah. I'm in a band with my brother, dude. We can only get along for like so long. Like when we're home, we get along fine, but you put us like, we're both tired and grumpy and we get tired and grumpy in the same way. Yeah. So just like fighting, you know, unnecessarily like over dumb shit. So. And the rest of the band has to deal with two of you instead of just one. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like, you know, there's no, like, we'll just like, it used to be bad. Like now we were way chill. Cause we're like older. Yeah. But it used to be to a point where it's like, we'd be physically fighting. And it's like, the other guys are just like, I mean, we're not going to break this up. It's like, you guys are brothers. Like you'll figure it out. Like, so then there's no cap on it. You know, we're just like arguing and fucking losing our minds, but yeah. And, but anymore, man, just, we're just chill. We just go out and we just do what we want to do. And it's kind of cool, man. I think the pandemic kind of reset things a little bit and allowed pe- bands to be more selective about what they want to do. Yeah. You know, like I don't feel the need this time around to like go out and just tour as extensively as we once did, you know, like, like this, the dates that we're, we're confirming now, like I said, it's a small run and it's like regional. And so that's cool because like, we can just go do that and like shoot, do some shows and come back and have that almost be more effective than like when we would go on these sieges and be on tour for like six, seven weeks at a time. Yeah. I mean, that shit's cool, but it just, it wears you down, man. I'm like, I'm fat and old, you know, I just like, I, I, you know, and you know, like I said, we all have shit going on. Like when I got married, it was just like, I I like watching movies with my wife. Yeah. So, you know, but yeah, it'll, it'll be cool. It'll be cool to get out there. We're excited. I think announcing early too is good because the world is excited. Yeah. We're excited about shows coming back, you know, like, I got excited. I got giddy, you know, like when that Madball show happened and there's like 3000 people there, then that show in LA happened. And like all you start seeing all this stuff popping up and you see bands like are packing out clubs that like weren't two years ago. Yeah. Like, I mean, even a band like Madball, you know, like they've maintained a career and can like put bodies in rooms. We toured with them. I know. Yeah. Now they're doing these shows right now that are just like wall-to-wall people and it's because people have been starved for it It, it's cool to see it come back man i i personally am not i don't i'm not in a hurry to like mingle with the masses yeah just because i i'm just i don't like being around people even on a good day and then you factor in like a pandemic or whatever and i'm way good i'm way good on that shit but i'm still excited i still like i see this footage i'm like fuck I should have went to that show that way, you know, and like, I actually just got uh, tickets to go see uh, ministry and helmet in October. Oh yeah. And we actually got tickets to that, the nine inch nails pixie show that's happening in Cleveland, 
So like, I'm excited to go see shows. Yeah. In the fall, I'm not rushing out to like any of this shit that's happened in the summer. You know. Yeah. I'm straight good on that. But yeah, the earliest I have tickets for is August. I bought tickets for uh, Enforced and Mutually Assured Destruction up in Richmond. Yeah. And then uh, I got, and then after that, it's not until November. I got tickets for Tom Segura. So just, <laughs> yeah. This, I mean, that's it. It's like, I'm sure that there's something that will happen this summer that like I go and see and like I'm stoked on. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like, I'm not in a hurry. Like, I'm more excited to play. You know, I'm more excited to just go out and play loud abusive tunes man like just fucking destroy some eardrums again and like have it be cool and i think a lot of people are really hyped on it and and they should be i i think that people got it got overwhelming and it got a little too convoluted you know everybody was touring all the time yeah people just got to be overseeing bands you know like so it's cool that people are very excited again and it's cool that bands are excited again and that bands are kind of like looking at what they do and how to do it differently and do it better. Yeah. And have it be more effective. You know, I don't think that like every band just needs to go and be on tour all the time, you know, that like waters down everything that everybody's doing. Like, yeah. Have it be a thing. Have it when you go play a place, people are excited to see you. I mean, we had one year where like, I think we went to the West coast like nine times in one year and like by the end of it it was like the first four shows were great and then like by the end it was people were just like i'll catch the next one because they knew we'd be back in a month so i think every band got to be like that so i think now people come back people are excited so you know fuck it we'll announce sooner than later and uh hopefully people get excited hell yeah no, I'm right there with you. And like, uh, pretty much like you said, it's like, it's nice that, you know, the bands got to reset, but then so did the crowds. So now they'll all come back with like a whole new energy and all the shit. So, yeah, dude. I mean, and, and, you know, you come from like the hardcore metal world, you know, that that shit's important. It's yeah. important for, for people to not show up and like be bummed that they're there. It's yeah. like an energetic type of music, you know, like it's just what it is. So it, it's, it'll be cool that that energy is coming back. Yeah, no doubt for sure. I'm excited for it myself. Just to, I'm probably gonna go to a show a little earlier than uh, I should, just because like I, I'm like you. I, every time I see one, I'm like, man, I, sh- I wish I could have been there. So eventually, one's gonna come, and I'm gonna have the time, and I'm gonna just go to it. But yeah, dude, who knows when that'll be? But yeah, not, I appreciate you, man, for coming on and everything. Uh, Thank you for having me, man. It was really, really a good time for sure, man. I enjoyed it as well, and I appreciate you, man. Have a good night. Yep, you as well. And as usual, I just want to say thanks again for listening and make sure you check back next week as my guest is going to be the one and only Douglas Pipes, composer for a ton of awesome films like 2007's Trick or Treat, Krampus, the awesome animated film Monster House, as well as a couple of the Into the Dark entries over on Hulu and much more. So make sure you listen for that. Go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Go check out Loudmouth Threads who killed this original podcast artwork and stay safe.